Welcome to Spitfire and Sass. Divine discernment and worldly defiance. Pursue truth, wisdom, and joy, and live free for entertainment only. In episode one of this series on freeing the mind, we discussed how truly thinking independently means observing and taming the mind, seeking a renewed spirit through heavenly guidance. Part two covered intentional focus and avoiding old mental tendencies and trappings like labeling, striving, and pride. In part three, our final show in this series, we will discuss reconstructing our mind and resulting identity in Christ after the demolition of our first unintentionally developed identity that is no longer serving us. I don't remember if I've mentioned it, but I have an extensive background in art. One quote that I love is that words are the language of the mind. But art is the language of the heart, and to me, that's so true. When we can't find words to express our complex inner self, art does just the trick. Now, most of my family and friends seem to appreciate what I like to call aesthetically pleasing art, the kind that looks good with your home decor, the kind that you might find somewhere like at Kirkland's, and that's absolutely okay. In fact, I can appreciate that style of art too. But truthfully, I have a real affinity for soulful art, and most times it's not the kind that's going to look good over the couch. No, the kind of art I'm referring to is what I like to call Tim Burton style. It's kind of dark, but relatable in a way that you feel that it represents a hidden part of yourself. Like when you watch a good movie and you're pulling for the underdog the whole time. Art that invokes empathy because you can relate to the smile shining through the scars on Burton's character Sally, or the hope radiating from Lydia in Beetlejuice despite her wardrobe being all black. And for a while, I had a hard time explaining why these types of artistic expressions touched a place in my heart. And then one day, it clicked. Beauty from ashes. That's what it's all about. See, When you study psychology, or even what they call New Age spirituality, which is just blending psychology and religion, in my opinion, you'll get familiar with what is called our ego. And our ego is essentially our mask that we show to the world, or our worldly identity. And we can become so identified with it that we can lose ourselves in it. And this would tie into our last episode. So anyways, real freedom begins when we recognize that our ego is actually causing us more harm than good. Years ago, I read several of Eckhart Tolle's books, and truthfully, they were so complex that with the first one, I started it and I had to put it back on the shelf because I just couldn't grasp it. About four or five years later, long after the hype from the Oprah show was over, I picked it back up and it just clicked. I was finally ready to comprehend it. You know, I've known a lot of people to critique Tully's work very heavily, um, especially in regards to Christianity, and I just don't feel that's necessary. Everyone has their own interpretation of who and what God is, and also, who's to say that one approach doesn't open the door for someone to get to another place spiritually, where they eventually discover a personal relationship with Christ? Truthfully, 
The Bible has some very interesting propositions, many of which we will discuss over time. And over all my years of listening to various preachers, I can honestly say I believe many people do a really good job of boxing God into a neat little definition. Yep, it does make comprehension and maybe even relatability a bit easier, but it also confines the Alpha and Omega. And well, that kind of defeats the purpose. But we'll get back to that later. So, Tolley talked a lot about the ego, and it really aligned with some of Carl Jung's work, and it explained a lot for me. See, once this ego, constructed haphazardly throughout our younger years, is formed, well, it seems to be useful at first. We use it to relate to others, to form opinions, and make decisions. It's kind of like what some psychologists have called our inner parent, It tells us if something is good or bad for us, and it kind of helps guide us, basically. And so we go along doing the soul pretending to be a person thing, and at some point, something happens. It could be the death of someone that we are close to, a divorce, waking up one day and realizing you're miserable and you don't know why, a sudden onset of depression or anxiety, I mean, the list could go on and on. Oftentimes, we don't know what really happened. People used to throw around the term midlife crisis, but I remember one year someone published a book about a quarter-life crisis, and even John Mayer sang about that. It can happen anytime, even in childhood, unfortunately. I was a teacher for six years, and I focused on what they called the whole child approach in my master's program, which basically meant acknowledging a child's psychological, spiritual, and physical well-being in addition to their educational needs. Sadly, children can reach a point of what is called ego death or the loss of their innocence if they experience something tragic like abuse, neglect, or even having to step up and act as a parent figure for their siblings. These children are fairly easy to identify because they are generally more psychologically mature than their peers. So we all get to this point eventually, and it's different for everyone, but essentially it's acknowledged in almost every culture and religion. It may be described differently, but it just means the death of the old self and the birth of the new self because the old self was not sufficient for or capable of handling the hard stuff in life, so it had to go. Now, some people get stuck here at the stage of ego death, and it's essentially a state of letting go and giving up a transitional state. It's meant to be a transitional state. But some people, they get stuck there. It's kind of someplace along the spectrum of hopelessness. You're in between. And that's where Jesus comes in. You know, he's ready and he's waiting to breathe new life into our tired bones. It's even said that this process is the whole key, um, as it's mentioned in the Bible, to die before you die. And as a Christian, it's really so true. It's not just a psychological process. It is very much a spiritual one. And the reason is, as long as we are going along in life, clinging to our ego or worldly self, and we're not giving it up, well, 
we don't need any help then, do we? There's no room for Jesus in our hearts at that point. I mean, yeah, we might learn about God. We might learn about Jesus and study him, but we are not going to experience this spiritual resurrection through the Holy Spirit, making us part of the body of Christ here on earth. It just won't happen until we give up our worldly self. So, beauty from ashes. Just like Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 mentions, this, this is why I love the fragile, broken, artistic little characters. This is why. Um, Switchfoot, it's a great band, by the way. They sing about how the wounds are where the light shines through. Um, you, you may have heard the, the phrase, the cracks as well. That's where the light shines through. I mean, I'm telling y'all, artists, they get it, man. They just get it. Have you heard that many comedians have experienced some of the most painful things in life? I've, I've heard that a lot. I think it's called the sad clown paradox, which brings me to another point. Once this seemingly secure and safe little ego has been shattered all to pieces and we are suffering, we're, we're at that stage of ego death. Well, if we don't push through and build our new self, well, we end up coping and we do that with comedy um, or drugs or alcohol or even like a shopping addiction, um, a food addiction, working too much, whatever. We just cope and like we discussed earlier in this series, we find something to put in the center of our universe, something to focus intensely on. And that's what helps us cope. And sadly, we often get stuck here sometimes for many years. And a new identity can even form from these new false gods, because that's what they are when we put our focus there. Um, they become the new focal point in our lives. And, and our identity can, our new self can be built on that. But going this route and staying there, it means that we are still vulnerable. This option does not offer an unshakable foundation, even if it's positive. You know, maybe we just totally bury ourselves um, in some kind of really good endeavor um, a physical challenge, you know, maybe we, we decide to take up something um, like marathon running or as an example, um, it's still, it is still um, not an unshakable foundation. But there's a better way. And yes, of course, it's great to have people to support you. But whether you have people there for you or not, no one and nothing Again, no one and nothing will give you as solid of a new foundation as Jesus. And there's a reason that he's referred to as being our rock of salvation. I mean, rocks are pretty solid. So this breaking of the ego, it breaks because it's weak, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. There you go. So see, it's never fun, but in order to grow spiritually, it's not only a necessary thing, but it's beautiful too. The crumbling is beautiful. How many of you love autumn? 
Um, I absolutely adore fall, and I really think that's what it is. I know that historically spring has been associated with, you know, new life, but to me, there's no room for new life unless you have that falling away first, that crumbling, that what happens in the fall as the leaves turn and they die, but they're so beautiful in the process, right? Because we know it's a cycle. It's the same thing with ice. So um, it's really beautiful. And once we accept this offer, if we do, once we do of a loving rock solid foundation, well, now we can really believe and start living like the child of God that we actually are. Y'all, a child of God. Wow. So what does this mean? Well, I mentioned in the last mid midweek inspiration show about the redefined Bible study from Well-Watered Women. It really does a great job explaining who God says we are. Um, but why don't you look for yourself? I mean, now is the time to see what he has to say about your real heritage and who you are. And you can finally be ready to receive his guidance. He's put all kinds of loving and fatherly instruction all throughout the Bible. I especially love the New Testament since Jesus has been here with us. So there's just so, so much on this topic, but I will include some of my very favorite verses for you next. So Psalms 86 um, verse 15 says, But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. You're so loved that you can relax and breathe easy because your heavenly Father is compassionate. And he doesn't get angry with you very easily. How many of our friends and family can we say that about? I mean, that's amazing. Um, and he knows everything too. So Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So you've always got someone on your side. I mean, and this is the most important person of all. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So we are to treat our bodies as holy temples. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, we're supposed to do that as part of our new identity and life in Christ. Healthy food, um, lifestyle choices, that's what it means. And despite not treating ourselves the best in the past, I've been there too, um, with this new understanding, we, we can begin to appreciate our bodies as beautiful works of art. And we can enjoy taking the time to care for them in that regard. Um, you know, our bodies are so important. They're now holy temples, holy temples. That is something to really appreciate, enjoy, and take care of. Guys, take some time. Just look at yourself in the mirror and see yourself the way that God would. Um, it's I'm telling you, see yourself in a whole new light and understand how precious and amazing you are and that you're here for a purpose. Matthew chapter 6, verse, uh, verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. 
Look at the birds. They do not sow or reap or st store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So embodying your new identity, you can embrace the fact that you are important regardless of what the world says. The world's got it all wrong. I mean, if you haven't figured that out yet, you, I'm telling you, you will one day. So God says, and God, that's all that matters. You are important. If the one who has made the world says you're important, then it's not something to question, period. Plus, the additional point in this verse is the example that Birds, they don't have to strive because of fear. They trust because of faith. Um, I mean, just that's just their automatic state. Um, they don't worry, and, and we are even more loved than they are. So your new identity should exemplify faith. This means living loved and no longer sweating the small stuff. I mean, what a relief. <laughs> Psalms 118 verse 8 says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. So what does this mean for our new self? It means no more being let down by people. It's over now because you've been warned. Um, he tells you right there. So there's your warning. Plus, we have God on our side, right? So who can be against us? And that's actually from Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are created for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says, Also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. So you've basically joined an amazing family as a child of God in Christ. That's what this means. And we've all been given purpose. We are to do good works each day. And remember, it is okay to make mistakes. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. As a child embracing our new heritage, um, we truly can let go of the past and run towards our new identity, identity, knowing that we have an amazing future ahead, a future where we matter. And I say as a child, because when you, when you let go of that old self um, and you are creating your new identity, if you choose to do it with Christ, if you choose to accept this gift that is there for you, then you are what they call reborn. You're, you're born into Christ, and at that point, you are a spiritual child, um, and then you grow within the body of Christ with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So that is why that word is there, um, and, and we are embracing our new heritage as that, that young spiritual child, um, and how cool is that? You literally can just turn the page. I mean, there is no other 
more prominent authority to tell you literally lay it down, lay it down and just walk away, turn the page and you do not have to carry that baggage with you. Whatever it is, just lay it down. Spend some time, cry over it if you need to. It's healthy. Um, process it however you need to and, and definitely don't skip that part. Um, that's super important, the emotional processing of pain in our past. So go ahead and spend that time. And then again, he's got plans for you. When you sign up, I mean, he's like, let's go. So um, the future says that you have an amazing future and you matter. So just to recap, okay, here's what your new identity means. Should you choose to uh, to build your new identity in Christ Jesus. No stress, right? I mean, we can't say literally no stress because the world, it's tough. Um, life here on earth is going to be hard regardless. But I would definitely say, um, you know, you have that choice, how much stress you want to carry. Because remember, um, we're supposed to give it to him and just live fully in faith, right? So faith should replace doubt um, in your new identity in Christ. Um, you are so, so loved. You never have to question that again. You never have to look to other people um, for validation. You don't have to anymore. There's no need to. Um, and you are so important and special. It also means that. I mean, we're told that. Um, and then once, you know, your eyes are opened You'll, you'll truly begin to see this. You are protected and you're destined for greatness. And my very, very favorite, Philippians chapter 4 verse th 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So our old self is probably going to very quickly um, avoid anything that seems risky um, just to stay safe, play it safe, uh, keep yourself small. That's something I've discussed with my amazing mentor in the past, Birgit Bill. She talks about, you know, how we all keep ourselves small. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we don't even know we're doing it. Uh, that's a whole nother show. We're going to discuss self-sabotage. Um, but, yeah, I can do all things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, again, it's like you you have this ultimate amazing partner beside you all the time, all the time. This is where your faith comes in. So, I mean, for me, sign me up. I mean, now if this doesn't drastically um, contrast with the emotional roller coaster ride that comes with an identity as simply being a human in the world, vulnerable to whatever happens, then I don't know what does. So ask yourself this, am I coping? Am I just stuck coping? You know, it may have happened a year ago. It may have happened 20, 30 years ago. Okay. Am I just stuck coping? I think down in your heart, you're going to know that. Okay. In the deepest part of your heart. Do you have a gut knowing that you have been broken? Don't run from it. Because if you run from it, 
then you're not going to process it and you're not going to get to the point where you're ready to build a, a true new identity in Christ. Okay? Um, you're not meant to be weak. You're not meant to be um, a victim. Okay? You're, you're meant to be powerful. Um, that's how you were created to be. And your destiny is waiting for you. Literally. He's put it there and he... Your Heavenly Father loves you more than you'll ever know, and He is waiting for you to embrace your true heritage, your true identity. So, take some time. You know, think about it. Am I coping? Friend, please join your rightful place amongst your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. I promise it's the most comfortable seat on the roller coaster of, of life. You're still going to be on this roller coaster. It's part of life, but it will be the most comfortable seat. I can promise you that. And you can wear that crown each day too. It's your heritage. And you know, even though it's invisible, I'm pretty sure others can tell when you're wearing it. Well, that's it for today's show and for the Freeing Your Mind series. But don't forget, a major theme of this podcast is freedom. So the discussion doesn't end here. I'll always try my very best to drop a short midweek inspiration show for you as long as life doesn't get in the way, the way it did this last week. Um, until next time, go look in the mirror and see your new self, y'all. Um, you're once broken but your now beautiful self just waiting for the adventure of a lifetime. And go put on that crown too. Hey guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this show. Um, remember that my main shows are going to drop either on Sunday or Monday. And then the midweek inspiration show, if I have time for it, is generally Wednesday or Thursday. So sometimes life gets in the way. I try my very best to ensure I make time for this. So don't forget, you can always go to our Facebook page. And it's literally just Spitfire and Sass podcast. It's a public page on Facebook, and you can read all the transcripts there. Um, great for taking notes and journaling on these kind of topics. You can go back and read all the details of the show. Um, leave some comments, you know, request some things that you might like to hear about. Uh, email me anytime, spitfireandsasspodcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you guys. Thanks so much for your feedback, and I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week.